On today's show, we're talking about why do veterans need military-friendly real estate agents. Stay tuned. Hello, everybody. I'm Peter Toring here with... Chris Van Bell. And this is the Homes Real Estate Podcast. We're letting you know everything that's going on in southeastern Michigan real estate. So what we want to talk about today is if you are a veteran or a uh, active military uh, member, why you need a military-friendly real estate agent? We, you know, there's a, a ton of reasons for this, but we want to let's start with the the moving process. Oh, I think it's a great place to start. I, you know, I, I just want to say right from the beginning, I am super stoked about this. You and I are both really, really passionate about our vets, mm-hmm. helping them move in, helping them move out flawlessly. Um, and there's a lot more to the process than your quote unquote average realtor. It's going to even think about. Yeah. You have to deal with, number one, your moving dates are set. There's no, hey, we've got to you know, call the movers and delay. Uh, you know, your moving dates are set. You have to know, you have to understand uh, you know, what's going on. Are they going to meet weight? Are you, know, are you going to have to you know, hire extra movers? Are you going to be you know, doing anything additional? Uh, you know, if, you are, if they're selling, uh, you know, is there anything that we have to do to you know, make sure that everything gets together in the right place. Do they have an allowance for an extended stay? Mm-hmm. Are they there with pets? I've got one there right now that's been an extended ma- day, stay for almost 45 to 50 days. They're chopping at the bit to get into their house. Yeah. Yeah. And, and how long do they have to buy a home? And we have folks that they'll come in and they've got, you know, 48 hours. We've got this one trip and we've got to find a home. So it changes the way that you do things. It changes the way you have to, uh, you know, hunt for houses it changes the way you may we may have to take a buyer through a house on facetime we have to be i think significantly more stringent on the buyer consultation as well oh absolutely you know um lately i've noticed we've got a few more people coming in from like texas california uh florida and then then like the carolinas also Mm -hmm. um and like you just said you might have two or three days. So you want to get all your questions out right away in the interview when you're talking to them on the phone. You're going to have about an hour, hour and a half conversation. Yeah, I think that's – and it's not only having them understand exactly uh, – you because in addition to having – especially if they're a first-time home buyer, you not only have to tell them this is how the process goes, this is how home buying works, uh, but and, and what do you want, but also it's educating them on what's the, the actual real estate market like. Yeah, here and, in Detroit versus you know, and it's tough from. without that face to face because mm-hmm. you can build trust through words, but you really don't build full trust until you see each other one on one. Yeah. Um. But you know, it, it's kind of good. They understand a lot of times all of our military the process. So when we're discussing how the market is, they've heard it from other people that live here. Mm-hmm. Um. They know that like right now houses are moving in days. Uh, so it, it's good that we can get that done and build that trust pretty quickly. I think that's where the like the, we call it like the dreaming phase of looking at houses online, going on Zillow, going on you know whatever you know being on the MLS trips that we have. It really becomes helpful because they're now seeing firsthand. This is what the market's like. I saw this house that I really liked, and then I saw that it was gone the next day, or I saw this house that you know uh, was way overpriced and it stayed on the market for a while. So it's it's not so much of a culture shock coming in, especially if you were in somewhere where it's a completely different market. Uh, you also have the, the just the kind of the hazards that go along with anybody relocating in from out of town. Understanding, you know, how do we get set up? Where is the nearest? What do we need to be close to? What are the good school districts? What, you know, where do we go to do our shopping? You know, there's this whole host of learning a new area. Thankfully, I think especially in Macomb County, we have a really easy map to learn. Everything is kind of gridded out. Well, yeah, we've got mile roads and then we've got mm-hmm. named roads, so yeah. that makes it pretty simple. Um, uh, 
kind of the same but different. Are you noticing that you've got several people that may want country, but they want to be close enough to to like the city amenities, like the malls, the shopping, mm-hmm. the food, and all that stuff? Oh, and a quote-unquote good school district. Yeah, and I think the great thing about that, especially if you're in Southridge, is it's it leads into going into Lenox or into Richmond or into East China or into some of these other towns. Even Algonac. Yeah, Algonac is great too. So this is another thing is you, you know you when you have military personnel they're coming from all around the country. So thankfully we have I think an area that's diverse enough where if you want the downtown city life, if you want the the, the suburban sprawl life or if you want a, kind of the semi-rural life, you've got all of that within we'll use Selfridge as the example. You've got all that within 30 minutes of Selfridge. Absolutely. You know. And then we do have a lot going to the armory too or people mm-hmm. that are Taycom at at Taycom and Selfridge. So and um, it's still within 40 minutes there because you just go west, you go up Ortonville, Clarkston, things like that. Absolutely. So understanding those needs, understanding, you know, not only where you're coming from, what, you know, what your unique needs are, you know, also, you know, being able to work with you in the process. That's, I think that's just the start even, you know, understanding, okay, how does BAH work? How does, you know, um, you know, what are the, you know, what the average rent here, how does that, you know, can we keep your mortgage payment and where essentially you're living for free or you're pocketing some money? You know, can we work within that? I think that's important to know. And even just understanding, understanding the acronyms, understanding what everything is. Oh, there's, I don't even remember half of them. (laughs) I wouldn't even know where to start, but even understanding if, you know, if someone says, Hey, you know, dealing with the PCS process, even understanding what that is. Okay. Permanent change of station. We get it. You know, so there's so many things that go into it. Uh, and then that is not even including the VA loan. I think having the, you know, uh, also, I th- let's just take a little detour. This is something that's not totally empirical, but understanding the military mindset and the military personality, I think is important. Being able to, you know, the vast majority of my military clients, we communicate in military time. So making sure that I'm on the ball and understanding what time that we need things to be done. Oh, yeah. You notice when you, you get the emails and the texts too, I mean, mm-hmm. that you're going to get 0800, 0900. You yeah what whatever and and showing them respect that that's how you reply yeah and it's and so understanding a lot of these things and understanding the mindset of you know also looking at it from a perspective of we understand that if they're getting pcs then you know they may be transferred out just as easily in a couple of years so understanding what to look for on the flip end of things okay what's going to be an easy resell or what's going to be an easy rental or what's going to be you know what's going to make their life easy also on the flip side so you know sometimes it it turns into being the bad guy when there's a house they like, but it has some super unique feature that you know is going to be tough to find a buyer for. Oh, like, say, new construction. Yeah. Um, I I went through some of the pros and cons with the last ones we showed, and, you know, it's tough because they're like, well, we can be transferred in two years. It may be four years. Can we get our money back out of it? And, you know, of course, we don't know the market that good. If we had that magic ball, I mean, <laughs> we'd be the ones you see on TV, but... You know, a new construction for military moving in is not always great because of the extra work you put in, landscaping, lawn, sod, um, and, and decks and things like that. And you're most likely not going to recover that in two to four years. Yeah. And, you know, it, it almost turns into more of like an investment mindset about the, you know, you have to take, yes, you have to find a home for that time period, but you also have to to really be cognizant of, of things on the other end. So it is, it almost is kind of like a half, half, halfway investor mindset there that you have to be looking at. Let's talk, I like that you t- brought up new construction here because this segues really nicely into our next topic, which is VA loans. And, and before we get into actually the VA loans, new construction for a long time, if you're familiar at all with the VA loan, you know that for a long time, 
we have in Michigan what are called site condos, which are detached. They're single family residences. They don't have you know. They nobody's are a your, house. Yeah, but they're they're platted as a condo. Nobody's coming in to cut your grass. Nobody's coming to repair the outside of your house. You know, you know you're you have on to a much smaller lot. Yeah, so you know they're really condos in name only, and for a long time because it's also I think eight other states that even where site condos even exist. If that. Um, and for a long time, the VA said, well, you know, suck it up, Buttercup. There's eight states, and we're not changing our rules for you. And so they would approve these as condos, and it, it cut out a giant chunk of properties. What would you say, 80, 80 to 90% of properties that were built within the last five years or so? Like Anything condos. from, like, I think, 02? Probably. That's, yeah, that seems about right. So, you know, you're cutting out a massive chunk of newer construction homes. For all veterans, and this is not just active military, it's anybody that's you know retired that wants to use their VA loan, somebody that's you know been discharged that wants to use their VA loan, uh, you're cutting out a giant segment of homes. Yeah, so. well, you, you got to figure the site condos came about because it lets the builders build on the property a whole lot faster. Mm-hmm. Um, and you don't che- have to more go cheaper. through the whole platting and everything the same way you do to subdivide. Yeah, you don't have to have 50 lots surveyed. You have to have one. Exactly. You know? And and you can, like I, I briefly said, you can put it on a, a smaller lot, and you're still putting a quote-unquote house. Mm-hmm. But they call it a, uh, a condo. They have associations, as some subdivisions do. But most of the associations and site condos eventually get disbanded because there's no participation. Right. And so the great thing about this is now, this was, I think, a week and a half ago, the VA decided to say, all right, well, we're going to now view site condos. As single-family residences, this was a huge decision. It's one we've been battling for at least as long as I've been in the business, uh, and you know, having that is, I think, huge. It opened up a huge segment. But this was not something that was widely publicized. If you're not somebody who is a, you know, who was doing a lot with VA, if you're not understanding the ins and outs of the VA loan, you, you wouldn't have known this. Well, this is one thing that people that that didn't do a lot of VA, um, they would get caught up on, mm-hmm. and then you know, sometimes we get phone calls from our friends. Why is this going wrong? But we would get caught up a lot, and we'd have to end up calling the VA itself for some of these site condos and either prove it was disbanded or, or, or show some kind of proof that it's not actually a condo. Yeah, we had a form letter that the lender would pro- – I had one lender that would pro- had like a form letter yep. they'd provide uh, that would go into that. But the, the VA loan, you have a, a, a ton that can be – I think that it's important to actually have a, a, someone that understands not only that can work out the VA loan for you – but also they can adequately explain to the seller what's going on. Absolutely. You know, the, you know, the, 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 the regular assumption is that, you know, like with FHA, everybody knows, okay, seller's got to pay for a reinspection. If your agent doesn't tell you, you're going to be screwed because you're still going to be on the hook for that reinspection fee if somebody's mm-hmm. got to come back out. VA is the same way. Also understanding that seller's got generally has to pay for the pest inspection. Now, saying that with a pest inspection as a service to a lot of our clients, some of the inspectors that we do use for their, their buyer's inspection, um, being ex-military or military supporters, mm-hmm. they provide that at no charge, which strengthens your offer because that's one less thing that the seller has to pay for. Yep, absolutely. And it also turns into, you know, uh, like with the FHA um, reinspection fee, there's nothing that says the seller has to pay that. It just has to be paid. Where in the you know so I've had it if I'm making my FHA offer stronger, where I'll say okay the buyer will pay that fee. You know that's okay. Where the VA that's not allowed. You know, there's certain fees that just the, the, the service member or, you know, veteran just can't pay. And, and think about this, too. If, I, if I'm having a house inspected for anything, mm-hmm. including, you know, pests, I would prefer it's on my dime and my inspector than, have, than relying on a seller to do it as cheaply as possible, as quickly as possible. 
Um, I'd rather somebody go thoroughly through that I trust. Yeah, and it again, you know, if you're if you're uh, a military friendly agent, you're going to have those military friendly vendors. You're going to have the lenders that really understand the, the you know the VA loan uh, that are going to be able to understand what your entitlement is. And uh, you know, do you need to do any any you know, kind of jumping around with that? What documents do you need? Um, it is a different game. It's not just hey, you know, you check a, diff- a separate box and everything goes the same. Oh, exactly. So, uh, you know, also just one more note on on the the VA inspections. Having a, a agent that understands off the bat what those VA appraisers are going to be looking for as far as condition to be able to say, hey, maybe this isn't the greatest house for you because we know that VA is going to be looking at X, Y, and Z. Yeah, yeah. and of course, the the VA appraisal isn't consistent, and a lot of times we have to explain to our members that the VA appraisal is not an inspection. Yep. They view it as an inspection because they do look for certain inhabitability things. They don't like chipping paint anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't like any any raised concrete. They, they don't like the steps, same as uh, FHA to be more than, I think it's like seven and a half inches, seven inches, something like that. So there's certain things that we, we, we know to look for when we're showing a home. Yeah, it's called an MPR or minimum property requirement. So that it's making sure that the house is safe, sanitary, habitable, uh, you know, do they always the, kind of the joke is your house could be on fire, but if you got chipping paint, the VA is going to ding you. <laughs> That's um, so true. But there, there is, you know, there, there really is kind of an element about that. And also with the VA appraisal, though, is having an agent too that can understand that the if, if an appraisal goes bad, which it can, that you have the ability to have a rebuttal. So if you have it's called a tidewater appraisal, if you've come in low at value, you are in FHA or in uh, conventional, you're not guaranteed a rebuttal. No, VA not at all. Guaranteed a forty-eight hour rebuttal period, and and we know what to look for then at that point. Absolutely, and again with some of those, I've had to go directly to the VA. They mm-hmm. they've asked me to call them. You know, you don't just go out willy nilly, but um, we go through. We work with the listing agents on it. We try to get the the best properties we can find uh, that we know are closed and very mm-hmm. comparable. And that's only if something. Large was missed. You know, if you notice, there's like a huge discrepancy in the home and the comps that were used. I think I'm batting about one in three in my rebuttals. I think I'm somewhere in there. Uh, you know, the other thing too is making sure that any details about the house are, are you know, disclosed to the the appraiser because the That's appraiser's huge. not they're not going to do any digging. So, for example, we had a VA property where they had lake access, but it wasn't deeded. It was part of their HOA, but it wasn't actually on the deed. Appraiser missed it. You know, and then they, of course, then they miss the ability to have lake access properties that are comped. So, you know, same thing too, if you have a unique situation, if you're a rural VA buyer, understanding, you know, that rural properties are comped differently. So there's, you know, a couple of these things that you've got to have somebody that really understands what's going on. Um, I think too, having, uh, and again, this is kind of an anecdotal thing, but having people that appreciate, uh, kind of share the same values that our military, appreciate what our military does, uh, you know, and, and have the ability to, and we try and prioritize every client, but having an agent that can say, all right, well, I'm going to wipe, you know, I'm going to explain to all my other clients that, hey, I've got to wipe this weekend clean so that Absolutely. we can come in and, and focus on on you and make sure you're getting your, you know, what you need. Oh, that, um, that's huge when, again, back to the, you know, two or three days to find a home, especially in this market, that is so difficult. We, we both end up showing a lot more houses in a shorter period of time than we mm-hmm. ever would consider, but it's a necessity. Mm-hmm. So... You have to have agents that know how to set these up. You don't think it's a big deal sometimes, but 
you have to know where you're going. You have to map it out. Luckily, some of the tools that we have with our MLS mm-hmm. make it very easy for us to map it out and, and, and show these homes to our client in a timely fashion. That's huge. Yeah, and, and it has to be the, the willingness from the agent to say, hey, I'm going to put, uh, you know, and explain to other clients that we'll put you on the back burner because we've got you know, military clients coming in. That, you know, They serve our country, and so we're going to make sure and serve them. Not that we don't give all of our clients excellent service, but it is, you know, there's, a, there's an additional element here. Also having, I think, is important is, um, you know, a lot of the, the VA loans will go through national lenders. And we're going to do, because I don't want to get in trouble, we're going to keep any of the names of these national lenders out. But some of the national lenders can operate a little bit differently than maybe a local lender will. They, they're going to have different requirements. They're going to have different, you know, maybe, you know, maybe their, uh, their standard operating procedure on notification and of keeping you in the loop is not necessarily the same as a local lender would be. Absolutely. One of the, one of the biggest downfalls that that we see even though uh, these lenders always keep our our veterans first and foremost Um, but when when you're passed from you know processor to processor to processor to closer to to whatever and then a big thing for me is I love when our lenders show up at the closing table they don't have the ability to do this in most cases yeah and so it, it, it then falls on us to make sure that we stay on those lenders that you know we're not just passing off to a lender and, and letting them do their job. We're making sure that, that all the documents make it from you know, the initial you know, application to the processor to the closing department, making sure they have everything they need, making sure that you know, the, the uh, vet is responding in a timely manner, making sure we have all the documents, you know, making sure that um, you know, they understand everything they're signing. So it, it turns into a little bit of a, uh, you know, not that we babysit the lender, but it, it, it's, you're not going to get personal service when, when you're or as personal service when you're dealing with well, a national lender as you are a local lender. After doing uh, a lot of the relocation with our vets for probably, what, five, six years now, we start to know what we're going to encounter most of the time and what problems may arise and consistently can arise. So we already know how to get in front of them. That way we're never behind. Mm-hmm. And we can either avoid those problems or if they do come up and there's no way around it, we understand the right channels with those types of lenders. You know, Okay, who do we need to talk to? What needs to actually happen? What are their guidelines? What do we need to do to actually fix this problem? Absolutely. There are a multitude of reasons. I I would almost be just have my mind blown if you are using a VA loan and you decide to use, hey, I've got a buddy of mine who just happens to be an agent, but they never do a VA loan. If you're not doing at least, I'm going to say at least five a year, is that fair? I I would say so. If you're not doing at least five a year, you're not going to keep up on, on what's going on with VA loans. And, and they change. A lot of the criteria change. I mean, mm-hmm. <laughs> we've been looking at that stupid wood, wood destroying insect report. I haven't, I haven't seen one yet, even in the country that came out positive. But um, that's one of the silly things that we always have to have done that we talked about with our uh, inspectors. Part of that is the you know we, uh, and I, I, I talked to a lender about this the other day, is that just because of the nature of where we live. In a colder climate, you don't see as many wood destroying insects. But the VA is is a national program, and so they're, you know, everything that you look at is tailored it's to blanketed exactly. So it also you have to be you know be able to understand even terminology is different than it might be. And uh, you know, I think like there are terms for I think that we had a, a final approval that we needed a they call it a certificate of a final completion, which you know is a certificate of occupancy. Right, it's not called the same everywhere. So you got to be able to understand the you know, understand the terminology and and. Uh, Again, understand everything that goes into the, not only the loan but the move, the whole process. So, um, again, if you have any questions about VA loans, both Chris or I would love to talk to you. We'd love to put you in touch with a local lender who is uh, very familiar with the VA loans and who can get you 
not only the best service, but also the best rates. Uh, we would love for you to subscribe to the Homes Real Estate Podcast. Check out either of us on Facebook. Myself is facebook.com slash home in Macomb. Uh, Chris's is Chris Van Bell Realtor. Uh, and, of course, you can call or text us with any questions. Phone numbers are right on the podcast. You can find us here on SoundCloud or on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, or anywhere that you happen to listen to your podcasts. Thanks so much for listening, guys. We will see you next time. Take care.